We are back for another episode of SJHL Insider. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Jeremy Corrigan, media manager for the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Great episode lined up as we are joined by the play-by-play voice of the Kindersley Clippers, Chris Omnis. And the Clippers going through a very difficult road trip, to say the least. Five games in six days. They've already played two. Today's their off day, and they got three more on tap this weekend. We'll talk to him as well, but of course for SJHL Insider and SJHL Weekly these shows would not be possible without our great sponsors that we have here at the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. If you're watching the video portion, you can see it on your screen but first and foremost, our podcast sponsor, wherever you get your podcasts Apple and Spotify, it is presented by SGI, but all of our other great sponsors, Cantera Seeds, Sastel, Capital Auto Mall, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Chevrolet Direct West, Tourism Saskatchewan, there's SGI, SGU, Great Western, Young's Equipment, and RBC. Thank you so much for your support. These shows wouldn't be possible without uh, the support we get from each and every one of our sponsors. Now, on the set today, it is just me. However, our co-host Clark Monroe is on the line on video chat live from his estate in downtown Regina. Clark, how are we doing today? (laughs) Well, it could be better. Uh, a little bit of family sickness going on, so uh, I'm here with the kid today, but overall, uh, she's resting. She's feeling a little bit better, so it's okay. We're doing okay. As long as she's feeling good, the way yeah. we know yeah, she should. Good. Good to hear. Uh, go. We have uh, a couple of things to get to before we're joined by our guest. Do you still want to do the uh, your favorite throw? I think I better. Yeah, Boys, you better. it's Look. time. For the hat trick. I would have loved if Cece, your daughter, ran into the room and threw a hat at you during that. Oh, man. Oh, I could go see if she's awake. No, no, but, no, uh, no, no, no. She's resting. She's resting. She's resting. <laughs> All right. First topic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's get into the hat trick. Now, this has been a very interesting week, Jeremy, I think, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll let you get into that. But let's look at the recap first. We've got to look back at Tuesday. There was uh, there was scheduled to be two games on Tuesday. There only ended up being one, uh, and it was a it was a barn burner. So, and you watched that game very closely, Jeremy. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, game? it was a really good game, a defensive battle between the Yorkton Terriers and the Kindersley Clippers that Yorkton ended out squeaking out a 2-1 win in overtime against the Kindersley Clippers. Um, great goaltending by Cody Jamin, and of course. Uh, on the other side of it as well. It was a pretty defensive battle between uh, the two hockey clubs, uh, between Yorkton and Kindersley. I think it was a game we had talked about both teams really needing uh, points-wise. And as soon as it went to overtime, I was like, well, neither team's going to gain ground on each other. Yorkton's not going to get ahead of Kindersley, and Kindersley's not going to catch up to Yorkton. But a very tight, uh, tightly contested hockey game between Yorkton and Kindersley. And then, of course, last night on Wednesday, the Kindersley Clippers were in uh, Melville to take on the Melville Millionaires. And the Kindersley Clippers led 3-2 in this hockey game, Clark, and they allowed four goals in the third period. Melville snaps a a six-game losing streak with a 6-3 win. And as you can see on your screen, we'll get to it in a bit, but the LaRange Ice Wolves and Humboldt Broncos game that was scheduled for last night was also postponed. And when you look at that game last night between Melville and Kindersley Clark, 
Um, you know, Kindersley had that game. They were playing very well through 40 minutes, but a tough third period. Four goals by the Melville Millionaires. They snap a six-game losing skid. Maybe let's just talk about the importance of that game for Melville because they were in some very tight hockey games, and unfortunately, they weren't getting on the proper side of those results. And now they finally get one back in the win column that may cause a spark for them to turn it around a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we've been talking about Melville in that regard for right. quite a while now is when, it, when's that little, you know, that spark going to happen for them. And this, this could be very well it, you know, uh, a game where they were down uh, and then they peppered Kindersley with shots. If you look, they had 25 shots in the second and third period, right. Uh, it's 14 alone in the, in the third period. And you, when you look at the highlights, even just the highlight clips um, that we put up on, uh, on our YouTube channel mm, and around our plug. social media channels, you can tell, you can, thank you. Uh, you can tell that Melville really had some energy in that third period and they were really putting pressure on uh, to score those four goals. And they kind of came, uh, you know, I was, when I was watching, I was kind of watching the clock a little bit and they kind of all came in a bit of a window, like mm. not, they didn't spread them out a whole lot in that third period. They came kind of almost in a burst. And mm -hmm. that just kind of seemed like, okay, maybe, you know, those couple of guys that Melville added into that forward group and right. uh, throughout the season, they've added a guy here and there. Maybe those guys are, you know, finally gelling a little bit and getting some chemistry. Uh, and that's a big game. Like, like you said, like that's one of those games you can build around because losing, losing late and then winning that in that third period and putting it all together, that's something that can really spark something for a team. So, We'll see if that's the case. They play again against Kindersley later this week. Yeah, on Saturday. I think going back to it from a Kindersley perspective, and we'll get to, uh, we'll talk to Chris about this, but in my opinion, you kind of have two different ways that, um, unfortunately for the Clippers, they lost. On, on Tuesday, you are stymied by Caleb Allen in between the pipes for the Yorkton Terriers, who was outstanding in that hockey game. Kindersley had so many great scoring opportunities. And then last night against Melville, unfortunately, they just couldn't hold on to a lead. At one point, they led that hockey game 3-1. So there's, there, unfortunately, it's two different ways that they've kind of lost in these games. And now you have a day off today, and then you're going to face those teams again Friday, Saturday, before wrapping up the road trip in Wilcox on Sunday. But only getting one, I think it must be a little bit disappointing for them only getting one out of a possible four points to start this trip. Yeah, I can imagine, and I'm looking forward to hearing what Chris has to say about mm -hmm. that. Um, from his perspective, uh, I think we talked about this at length throughout last week when we were kind of hyping up this Kindersley Clipper road trip, that any points in this road trip are important, um, but playing Yorkton and Melville, who are right around them, so close in the standings race in those first four games in, in what is well, five games in six nights, so four games yeah. in five nights. Um, that's, it's not an easy task. And for Kindersley, like you said, there's gotta be some, you know, almost like a gut punch, you know, like the, they were right there, right there, right there, right there in both the games. And then it kind of just slipped away last second. So really tough way to lose. And maybe, you know, maybe we'll see if they use this as kind of a, you know, bulletin board material going into the next couple of games. We'll see if maybe this is a motivating factor. You talked about the standing. So let's get into point number two of the hat trick. Yeah, point number two, we're going to have a look at the SHL standings top to bottom. Let's have a look up. at some playoff matchups as of the day. Who's out of the playoffs? Who's in? Who's going to play who? Potentially, maybe we'll get into that. Um, but Jeremy, what stands out to you? Because this this playoff or this standings board um, has had quite a shift in the last few weeks in terms of maybe the tiers system. 
It has. Um, I, I think for me, what stands out is you look at the bottom half of the standings from seven to 12, only being separated by five points. You know, for the longest time, we were talking about the Kindersley Clippers and having so many games in hand. And now they are starting to catch up. And now you're seeing them only being two points or rather two games in hand when it comes to teams like the Nipwin Hawks, the Wayburn Red Wings, the Melville Millionaires. But they have to make up these points. And same with these teams at the bottom of the standings. When you're playing those teams and you're playing them head-to-head, it's like it's a divisional matchup. It's a four-point game. Those top six teams are, are looking really good. And we talked about it earlier. I think we talked about it last week. Those top six teams, they're going to be battling for home ice. It looks like those teams are going to be battling for home ice uh, advantage in the first round of the playoffs. As they're, um, you see that kind of gap between six and seven. Um, and seven, obviously one through six and then seven through 12 and, and Battleford's obviously up ahead of uh, everybody else by 10 points. But when you look at seven through 12, and that's why I think this week is so big for Yorkton, Melville, Kindersley, all uh, Kindersley plays five games, Yorkton and Melville each play three games and they can really make up some ground on teams like Nipwin and Notre Dame who are ahead of them. And now you can also, for Melville and Kindersley, for example, you can also potentially leapfrog the Weyburn Red Wings, who will not be playing this weekend. So, like, for me, when I look at the standings, I think that battle at the bottom is is just so intriguing. Absolutely, 100%. Everything about those matchups this week and mm-hmm. how those teams have been playing and their schedules and the fact that the Weyburn game had to get postponed this week and... You know, there's so many uh, storylines going into those bottom six teams. Right. Uh, so to see, to see the matchup with um, with these two teams these last couple of days, it, like you said, that's kind of leading the way right now in terms of interest uh, because that top six they've been so good, and mm-hmm. and uh, the bottom six, uh, you know, they've had some struggles, but each team in that bottom six, I'm talking about Weyburn and Notre Dame as well, or sorry. Uh, Nipawin and Notre Dame as well mm-hmm. um, to add that and in, them into the conversation. They all have enough, I think, to maybe push themselves into a spot. So who's going to take that spot and who wants it more? And and what moves might we see over the next few weeks leading into the trade deadline? Because we're getting closer, I th- uh, yeah. you know, to that trade deadline. So is there a team that might think, you know, I think we have enough. Let's push ourselves mm-hmm. a little bit farther with a move. Um which of those teams might sell to one of the higher teams at some sure. point? We'll get to that later. I'm getting ahead of myself. You are getting ahead of yourself, but, really ahead uh, of yourself. <laughs> it, it all, it's all building. It's sure. all building into that storyline. To I so, guess to to wrap, to yeah, it. to wrap up the standings talk. When you look at seven through twelve, those six teams uh, and those final two playoff spots, it wouldn't surprise me to see any of those teams in the playoffs. And that's what's going to make this race. That's what's going to make this race uh, very exciting uh, moving forward, obviously, for the rest of the season. And like you mentioned, moving into the trade deadline, which is about a month and a half away. But finally, let's get into our final topic of uh, the hat trick. And this one's a pretty exciting one for some young hockey players. Yeah, this was this was really cool. And yeah, topic number three, of course, is a couple of interesting signings across the league. Uh, And we'll start off with the humble Broncos. Uh, and the hashtag stay here, play here has been making an appearance a couple of times now, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can you get into this one? The humble Broncos make a really interesting signing. Yeah, well, they signed their first round draft pick from uh, uh, 2020, 2022, Matthew Van Blaricom. He is going to originally he was signed uh, as our friend Roy McGoran tweeted out. He was originally signed to play for next year. But because of how well he's been playing at the U18 ranks, 
Um, you know, Scott Barney and company decided, let's bring him in now. And that brings it up to five 16-year-olds playing full-time in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. You have Riley Ash playing for the Melfort Mustangs, who's been outstanding. You have Brock Evans, who's playing for the Kindersley Clippers. We'll talk to Chris about that. Carson Cater, of course, on the Humboldt Broncos. We've talked how many times have we mentioned Carson Cater and how he how good he has been this season. Uh, and then you also, uh, I think people tend to always forget about Eric Call down in Weyburn. Um, so you have five now five 16 year olds playing full-time in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League which is really exciting because obviously the league would like to see younger players getting into the lineup and getting that exposure you talked about stay here play here and getting that opportunity to potentially you know get in the lineup and make that jump to the the junior a level yeah it goes to show that there is an opportunity for these young players to Mm -hmm. get in and get some really valuable ice time Uh, and we're not talking about kids who are you know kind of just fillers they're not right these are really no, impactful players all these players um, on that list that i just talented. listed off yeah they've all made Absolutely. a big impact I mean, on he, those teams for sure so like we're seeing some uh, a really i love this movement and the fact that mm-hmm. these players are you know in a way betting on themselves to play with some older players in a mm-hmm. in a in a much you know tougher league especially as compared to maybe a triple a league or whatever they are playing otherwise um, and it, it's great. I love to see it. And uh, we have another one as well, but this one's more for next year. But we have seen them in the SJHL this season, Jeremy. Uh, the Kindersley Clippers have also made an addition. Can you talk about this one? Well, yeah, it, the, the Clippers officially signed Casey Brown for next season, but he has played two games with the Clippers already this year. He was part of that uh, stretch last weekend for the two home games against the Nipwin Hawks. And you talk about a talented player playing on a very good Regina Pat Canadian squad. Uh, he has 12 goals, 12 assists in 18 games. That's pretty darn good. He's already com- has a division one scholarship locked up uh, with Arizona state. Um, and for the fact that they can get him into the lineup for next year, I'm curious. I would like to see potentially if there's ever a situation where this year, where he potentially just joins the Clippers full time. But it might be a tough situation just because of how good the Pat C's are this year, and they're going to make a, a, a pretty significant run when it comes to a U18 championship here in Saskatchewan. So I'm going to kind of be keeping my eye on that. But regardless, like this is a huge addition for the Clippers for next season. Yeah, the fact that he isn't even in the league yet and he has that Division One scholarship mm-hmm. or yeah. Division One commitment, I should say. Uh, very impressive young man. And from all reports, he did not look out of place playing in this league. So uh, it's great to see another great talent, uh, even if it's for next year, uh, planning to make the SJHL home and uh, another Saskatchewan kid staying here and playing here. And we love to see it. It's uh, it's exciting for everybody. We do love to see it. Well, Clark, thanks for hopping on for the hat trick. I really appreciate it. We miss you here in the studio and uh, send our well wishes to your daughter. I will. Thank you guys so much. All right. That's our co-host Clark Monroe. Unfortunately, not in studio today, but uh, he will be back next week for SJHL Insider. But we're going to stick to the video chat lines as we are now going to be pleased to be joined by the play-by-play voice of the Kindersley Clippers, Chris Omnis, who joins us live from his hotel room on the road. A busy, busy week for the Kindersley Clippers. Chris, how are we doing today? Oh, hey, I'm enjoying the best progies in the Saskatchewan, the Windy Acres, and it's good stuff. So uh, it's unfortunate the Clippers are kind of playing uh, off cattle right now, um, but uh, things are looking up, hopefully. But the team uh, 
it's it's kind of having some defensive issues right now. One of the main reasons why they are uh, lost a couple last couple of games. Uh, we I've been talking to most of the, everybody around the coaches and everything else, and uh, the main reason why they lost the last couple of games, in my opinion, and most everybody that follows the junior Clippers is defensive coverage and uh, the defensive coverage around the. Uh, their end has been very spotty at times, and they had a 3-1 lead last night against the Melville Millionaires, let that go away. But a credit to Melville, they came all the way back, played really well in the latter stages of the second period, and uh, dominated that game from pretty much the last uh, the last 22 minutes or so. It was all Melville, and they deserved the two points last night. You touched on the Melville game. What about the Yorkton game? Because it seemed like that game the defense was not too bad. It was obviously a 2-1 loss in overtime. What did you make of that game? Uh, so what I saw that they had they played a very good 40 minutes, and then uh, all of a sudden the Yorkton Terriers, they turned it on in the third period, outplayed them big time, but that's a credit to their coaching staff and everybody else for coming down and uh, coming back from a one nothing deficit, tying the score. Rob Tash, with, uh, who's been awesome, awesome for the Yorkton Terriers, tied it up. And then they got an overtime goal, and they won that game 2-1. to one. So Clippers got a point out of that. But uh, I got to give credit to the goaltender on that one for sure for the Yorkton Terriers. He he won that game for them, in my opinion. Uh, it was just give me two seconds. <laughs> yeah, the goaltender was Caleb Allen. He made uh, 27 saves on 28 shots, and he was about uh, – about 15 of them were 10 bell saves. So I think Kennersley deserved a better credit that game for sure. But hey, that's just the way it goes sometimes. For sure. Clippers, after the first two games of this week, now 5, 11, 1, and 4 on the year. What have you kind of made of the first 20 games or so of this season for this Kennersley Clippers squad? Well, their big problem right now, and it has been all the season, is they're, they can't put the puck in that at times. They have the lowest. Uh, goals four in the league at 58 right now, and they have trouble scoring at times. Their best players are their goaltenders for sure, Cody Jamin and Logan Falk. But hey, they can't strap on the skates and go up and score. So I don't know uh, what uh, what I can say about that. But uh, good consistent scoring. But uh, they're dealing with injuries right now as well. So uh, that has a lot to do with why they are struggling, and uh, they haven't had any consistency. Every time they try to get somebody in the lineup, uh, they've been hurt. But the, the big uh, good people for the, the the leading players, in my opinion, for the Clippers right now are the Poplowski brothers. They've been awesome, Adam and Spencer. And then, unfortunately, they lost Logan Cox yesterday, and he's going to be out for an indefinite period of time. That's a big loss for the junior Clippers moving forward. So hopefully uh, they got to battle through it and try to, uh, hey, it's everybody deals with injuries. It's just part of the game. I know speaking with uh, head coach and GM Ken Plaquin at the beginning of the season after they won that first game against Yorkton, I remember him saying that, you know, the team had been in a lot of hockey games to start the year, and they've been in a lot of hockey games this year. Do you feel this this Clippers squad is better than what their record shows? Oh, there's absolutely no question about it, Jeremy. There's, uh, I totally agree. Those five shootout losses, they could all, or, you know, the right. overtime losses, whatever, they, those could all be wins. And, they, that, and that is just... Uh, that would make the record so much better. Um, but, you know, at least they're getting points in a positive sense. But it's always it's always to think of positive sense of getting points when you can. But uh, the last couple of games, unfortunately, against Nippon, they had that 4 nothing lead. They fell in that game 6-4, to 6-3, right. to three, I believe. 6-4, to four, excuse me. And, uh, and then uh, 
that they came back with a great effort the next game, their best team effort that was back on Saturday. They won that game against Snippon to, to salvage that split. But uh, now we get up to the road here in Yorkton and Melville, and it just seems to be their uh, – they just can't hold on to leads right now, defensive coverage, defensive breakdowns, and that's just the way it works sometimes. You've talked about the goaltenders. You've talked about the Poplowski twins. One player I'd actually like to ask you about is we kind of were talking about it earlier on uh, myself and producer Clark was uh, the play of 16 year olds in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. So I want to ask you about Brock Evans and uh, his rookie season with the Kindersley Clippers and what you've seen from him and uh, how does he look so far this season? He does not look one step up place. He's been awesome for the Clippers this year. He's actually played in the top line a few times with Aiden Bangs and Matthew Masoki. So he has looked not out of place. He's played really well. And like you're talking about Brown earlier, he's been good in his two games, the Arizona State product. So uh, the couple of the, uh, Brock Evans has not looked out of place at all as a 16 year old. And uh, he's been really good. Uh, hard worker uh, goes and gets the puck. He's the centerman. He does his job. And uh, usually he kind of, like I said, he plays with Bangs and Masoki lots, which is good because Bangs and Masoki are the two hardest workers on the team, the two best penalty killers, and the heart and soul, in my opinion, of this hockey team up front. So uh, when you're playing with those two players, you know that uh, you're doing good. So, Yeah. Now, moving forward, you know, you guys have the day off today. The Clippers are off. But five games in six days is something you definitely don't see too often in junior hockey. It has been an interesting schedule for the Clippers this year. There's been two occasions where you the Clippers have had 10-plus days off, and now you play five and six. What do you make of uh, this schedule kind of to start the year, and how challenging does that make it for the team? Oh, there's absolutely no question. It, you know, that break they had before the road trip up to the Ronge, they were playing some right. of their best hockey of the season, and unfortunately the wind got taken out of their sails after that break. And uh, they had a good run on the at home. They beat Humboldt, which mm-hmm. was their best game of the season, along with that game against Snippen on Saturday. And they rode that momentum. They beat uh, Yorkton as well. And uh, unfortunately, this time around, Yorkton uh, beat them 2-1, to one, but they have a different goaltender now, Caleb Allen. They had Bouchard, who went back to Quebec. So, And now the Yorkton, Yorkton has a different team right now. But uh, the Clippers... That those couple of long breaks, I think, hurt the team because they were playing really good hockey, and then all of a sudden you get get to a pause, right? So, but that's hey, that's just the way it goes. It's like mm-hmm. that for every team in the SJHL. You just have to deal with it. And you touched on it. You know, now the Clippers are playing five games in six days. You've had a few games against the Yorkton Terriers, and I do believe it's the fourth meeting of the season tomorrow night between the Clippers and the Terriers. What do you expect from tomorrow night's game? Oh, back and forward, low-scoring matchups. And the, both goalies, whoever it is, if it's Jamin Falk for the Clippers or if it's Allen or their new pickup uh, the, for Yorkton, they have a new goaltender as well. And, uh, yes, and he uh, – and we can, you can expect a back-and-forth game between these two teams. Maybe a little more scoring. We'll see what happens. Maybe Tyson Smith will play for the uh, Yorkton Terriers – Tomorrow against could be Cody Jamin or Logan Falk. It doesn't really matter who it is. But the, the, in the last game, it was low scoring, but lots of action back and forth. Uh, unfortunately, the Clippers, like I said, they don't get Logan Cox back. He's he's gone for an extended period of time, unfortunately. But uh, Dylan Rupcash for the Yorkton Terriers, he played good. And uh, the, the overtime win by Dalton Mays was a nice one. And 
you know, three on three overtime. It's funny, Jeremy. You got you win that face off, and like as soon as you get it, it's in possession. It just seems to be so mm-hmm. important, and that just seemed to happen. And that's how Yorkton uh, won that game. Yeah, it's shaping up to be obviously an extremely, uh, extremely busy weekend for the Kindersley Clippers, but also an extremely important weekend playing three games in the three nights against Mel or against Yorkton, Melville and Notre Dame. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking some time uh, out on the road to join us today. We really appreciate it and uh, rest up your voice because another three games for you uh, coming up this weekend. Yeah, no problem. Hey, you always got to. Rest your instrument. You lots of cough drops. Hey, I, I buy fishermen's friends by bolt. So there you go. <laughs> you have to as a broadcaster. That's how you do it. Exactly. Well, All Chris, right, thanks th- a lot. Thanks so much uh, for coming on. We really appreciate it and enjoy the games this weekend. Thank you, Jeremy. All right, that is the play-by-play voice of the Kindersley Clippers, Chris Omnis, who does a great job for Country 104 out in Kindersley with the road games all on uh, the radio. I think last night he was also on hockey TV as well. Uh, does a great job in Kindersley, and yeah, it's a big weekend for the Clippers. I mean, we've talked about it numerous times on 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 this show, SJHL Weekly. This stretch is extremely important for Kindersley. Those two games against Nippon, getting the split, and then this week, five games in six days, and I'm sure they are hoping to get some more points uh, out of this trip because it's an extremely important one against teams that you're right around in the standings from 7 to 12, and they're finally making up those games in hand. So it's going to be extremely important for the Kindersley Clippers uh, this weekend. So let's take a look at the schedule for this weekend. We'll start with Friday, and Clark kind of alluded to it when he was on, but that game at the top between the Estevan Bruins and the Weybird Red Wings, it was announced this early this afternoon, Thursday afternoon, that that game has also been postponed just like the LaRange game, LaRange between Battleford. So two games postponed. So as a result, there's only two games on the schedule for a Friday night, extremely, uh, for a Friday standpoint, extremely quiet night in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. We alluded to it. The Kindersley Clippers will visit the Yorkton Terriers, another big matchup between those two teams as both of them are fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, I know it's early, but fighting for points and fighting to get up higher in the rankings. As well, a big matchup between the Flin Flon Bombers and the Melfort Mustangs. These two teams are going to be playing a home-and-home. Home. Both teams are playing some really good hockey. Melfort, of course, on a four-game winning streak, the first half of the home-and-home home at the Northern Lights Palace in Melfort at 7.30. Then moving on to Saturday, of course, like I just mentioned, Melford and Flin Flon will be playing a home-and-home. Home. The return matchup will be in Flin Flon at 7.30 on Saturday. There's that matchup between Kindersley and Melville once again, 7 o'clock at the Horizon Credit Union Center. That is going to be another very exciting game. I'm sure Kindersley will be hoping to try and get some revenge on Melville after that tough loss last night. And the Yorkton Terriers will then hit the road to Humboldt to take on the Broncos and the Broncos playing their first game in about six or seven days because they hadn't played since last Sunday. Finally, Sunday, we actually have two games on schedule. Usually Sunday is either no games or just one, but uh, this weekend we definitely have two. An afternoon game between the Kindersley Clippers and the Notre Dame Hounds. This will be Notre Dame's first game of the week as they take on Kindersley. Of course, Notre Dame was supposed to play on Tuesday against the Wayburn Red Wings, but that game also got postponed. 
So a big game for Kindersley. We'll see how much gas they have in the tank playing their fifth game in six days. And then the Nipwin Hawks also play their first game of the week as they visit the Melville Millionaires at 6 o'clock at the Horizon Credit Union Center. So I guess just final thoughts when it comes to this weekend's schedule. I alluded to it with Chris. Just the importance of the weekends and this week for Kindersley, Yorkton, and Melville. Um, as you saw in the standings earlier on in the show, those three teams, if the playoffs started today, would be on the outside looking in. So it's important for those three teams to get some points this weekend as they try to climb up and get closer into a playoff spot. So Yorkton and Kindersley playing uh, tomorrow night uh, at the Westline Insurance Arena in Yorkton, and then Kindersley and Melville once again at the Horizon Credit Union Center on Saturday, and then Kindersley playing on Sunday and then as well Yorkton playing Saturday in Humboldt and Melville playing Sunday in Nippon. Huge weekend for those three teams but it is a quieter weekend just because of a lot of those postponements involving the LaRange Ice Wolves and the Weyburn Red Wings. As a result there isn't as many games as there was supposed to be this weekend. So there's a couple of teams that as a result are not playing this weekend. Estevan, Weyburn, Battleford, LaRange, there's a four, uh, four or five teams who aren't playing this weekend as a result of those postponements. So we hope that everyone gets healthy uh, from LaRange and Weyburn, so then they're back on the action. Of course, more details on that can be found on our website, sjhl.ca. And if you want to stay up to date in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can see it on your screen right now if you're watching the video version. But uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, as well, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where you can find all the uh, video versions of SJHL Insider, SJHL Weekly, as well as all of our features, highlights, uh, and much, much more that is coming to uh, the SJHL YouTube page. There is a lot in the works. Uh, some stuff I can't talk about, but there is a lot coming to the YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe to that. It is free. It's worth mentioning. The subscribe button is free. You don't have to pay to subscribe. But uh, stay tuned to all of our social media channels for the latest and greatest in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Before we go, we have to say a big thanks to our sponsors once again. Of course, SGI is our podcast sponsor. Be sure to, if you want the audio version of these shows, Go to wherever you get your podcast from, subscribe, SJHL Media, and that's where you can subscribe and get both of the shows, uh, SJHL Weekly and SJHL Insider, and those are the audio versions are presented by SGI. But we have so many great sponsors, Cantera Seeds, SaskTel, Capital Auto Mall, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Chevrolet, Tourism Saskatchewan, Direct West, SGI, SGU, Great Western, Young's Equipment, RBC. Thank you all so much for your support. Without your support, this show would not be possible each and every week. Seven games on tap this weekend in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Try and make it out to your uh, local rinks if you can, because there are going to be some great games this weekend. If you can't, be sure to subscribe to Hockey TV. The subscription is just $29.99 a month as they have... You can watch all the games in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League with a subscription. It is not based by each team. And if, of course, if you can't subscribe, you can't make it out to the games, sjhl.ca. And, of course, all the SJHL social media has you covered with all the highlights from this weekend's action. For Clark Monroe, Chris Omnis, my name is Jeremy Corgan. Thank you so much for joining us on SJHL Insider this week. And enjoy the games this weekend, everyone. 